the optimal life. Just over 36 hours ago, as most people know by now, DeMar Hamlin, the second-year player out of Pitt, who plays for the Buffalo Bills, suffered a cardiac arrest on the field in the first quarter of the game, makes a tackle on a uh, wide receiver, stands up, and then within a second falls lifeless to the ground, crashes his head to the ground in in the process. And then life-saving measures begin by medical personnel, uh, CPR specifically given on the field, and the game ultimately canceled or suspended. Uh, so here we are. It is uh, it is now January 4th. The incident occurred on January 2nd, and uh, people are trying to figure out what does the schedule look like for the NFL? How do the players return? Where, what are the logistics going to be? Yada, yada. But one of the things that I noticed today was an article written in the Wall Street Journal. It just came out this morning, um, which talks about the mental health of players, particularly mental health of uh, NFL players in this instance, and how they're going to respond to this terrifying event. So I wanted to go through this article because the article, uh, to me, is one that deserves criticism. Because while this event is, is no doubt horrific and scary and sad, it also does not mean that we just stop playing the game. The risks associated with playing football at every level have always been there. They are no different today than they were on January 2nd, 2023. And they are no different on January 2nd, 2023 than they were on January 2nd, 1993. So let's go through this article. And we've linked the the article in the show notes. If you want to go read the article, feel free. It's a Wall Street Journal article. Um, Let's go through it. Uh, Here we go. It starts by, uh, I'll give you the highlights. Questions have been raised about when players, not just on the Bills and Bengals, but all around the league, might feel comfortable proceeding with the season. Some were on the field and witnessed what happened firsthand. Others could have seen it on television and imagined themselves in their colleagues' shoes. Superstars, including gymnast Simone Biles and tennis player Naomi Osaka, have spoken frankly about the ways in which their mental health has affected their ability to perform, as well as the impact of performing on their mental health. So several things there. Players are, are uncomfortable, might feel uncomfortable, proceeding with the season. Well, if that's the case then I think you guys, whoever you players are, because you're uncomfortable proceeding with the season, if there are any, um, these people are clearly in the wrong profession. These players have been playing this game their entire lives. They've seen devastating injuries, and unfortunately they saw a, a very horrific one, the ultimate one, several days ago. But these injuries, they've been exposed to, they've they've had themselves, their teammates, their friends, this injury-prone sport. All this stuff has been there since day one. These guys have been doing it their entire lives. Now, because there was a freak fluke accident, potentially to somebody who already had a preconceived condition, we don't know. Clearly a heart condition um, or the way that the heart was, the, the, the impact of the heart at the precise moment as potentially the heart was resetting. I, I've seen some doctors say that with the perfect angle and, and hit and et cetera, the velocity of the hit, 
there could be times where the perfect hit and angle does lead to a, a cardiac arrest. But these risks have been associated with football for the day since the day that football was created. People have nothing's changed. They run into each other. They tackle each other. That is the name of the game. That is the sport. So if there are players out there who truly don't feel comfortable, quote-unquote, proceeding with the season, it's time for those players to go on to a different career. All the best to them. This is the profession they signed up for. There's plenty of other professions out there, and there's a lot of professions where dangers are involved. And you can go down the list, whether it's military, whether it's construction, whether it's people building buildings and and, and going on high-rises, building bridges. The list goes on and on. Police, fire. I mean, I can go down a list of, of hundreds, probably, professions where there is a risk involved, where your life may be at risk. When they talk about superstars like Simone Biles, who um, has spoken out, frankly, about mental health affecting their ability to perform, um, I would just say that that's true about any profession. If your mental health is compromised, your ability to perform will be compromised. I don't care who you are. If your mental health is compromised as as an attorney, you're not going to perform well in the courtroom. If your mental health is compromised as a doctor, you're not going to perform well in the operating room. If your mental health is comprised, compromised as a teacher, you are not going to perform well in the classroom. And again, the list goes on and on. Athletes do not get a pass for quote-unquote mental health issues. And, and all of a sudden, they're the only ones that if they have these issues, they're entitled to just say, well, performance is going to be affected or maybe we just don't feel like performing today. Absolutely not. This is, again, the profession you, you chose to sign up for. This is the way that life goes. If your mental health is in an issue, you are going to be uh, uh, an underwhelming performer in anything that you do. You're going to be an underwhelming husband, an uh, underwhelming wife, an underwhelming friend, an underwhelming brother, sister. You can't, you can't just make a blanket statement like, well, us athletes, when, when our mental health is an issue... It may affect our ability to perform. Of course it does. That's life. It affects everybody's ability to quote-unquote perform. Let's continue on in this article because the article has this tone throughout the entire thing which kind of sheds light into the mental health quote-unquote issue but really it almost kind of just gives an out like, hey, maybe we just canceled the season or if some people don't feel like it, then uh, okay, they'll just they'll just sit out. Dr. Scott Goldman, a psychologist who works with professional sports teams, the article continues on, has said um, some of the athletes might not be able to fathom playing when a fellow player is in a dire situation. To others, though, football may be a sanctuary and a distraction that they can turn to. So, the Dr. Scott Goldman, the psychologist. Um, is kind of going on both sides saying that some players might not be able to imagine even stepping foot on the field again, while others can't wait to get on the field and say it's time to get back to business. I need a, I need a distraction. I need to get back to doing what I love doing, doing what I've been doing since I was a young kid. And again, this is exactly, these are the risks associated with the game. So for any of these players who might not be able to fathom playing 
when a player is in a dire situation, these people, again, are in the wrong profession. I am not taking away anything about how horrific this event was. When you see a player going to cardiac arrest and, and potentially be on the verge of losing his life right there on the field, I have no doubt that it's shocking to the conscience, it's shocking to the psyche, and makes you question everything you're doing. However, these risks have been there all along, and every single player, whether they know it consciously or subconsciously, understands that these risks are real, and these risks can come to fruition in very unique, unfortunate circumstances. So if a player is sitting there and saying, I can't fathom playing again because of what I just saw, then he just needs to step aside, hang up his cleats, announce his retirement, and move on to a different career. If you as a police officer see your fellow partner get shot and killed while you're on duty, and you just say, you know what, I'm just hanging it up right here, right here. I'm done, um, I'm running, and I'm retiring. Do you think that that's an excusable uh, way to handle yourself? No, because you know that there are risks involved with the profession that you have chosen. You must, ha you have a duty to serve and protect. If anybody, if, if you're just working in a business environment and a colleague falls to the floor and has a heart attack, while the rest of that day or the following several days may be horrific and you may not be really in work mode, and you might not have any interest in being in the office, you can't just make a blanket statement saying that from here on out, I will, I'm not coming to the office. I'm going to need several months to uh, recuperate. And if I feel like working, I will from home. If I don't, I won't. Unacceptable. This is life, you guys. This is, this is part of life. Uh, let's continue on um, to a few more points throughout this, this article. Dr. Angel Brutus, a licensed professional counselor with the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee, said that letting athletes collectively make a decision of when to return and respecting individuals who didn't want to is one way to address the varied responses that they might have. Let me say that again. Letting athletes collectively make a decision of when to return. When? He's not saying if. He's saying when. When? when? When to return? What if they say they don't want to return for six months? And respecting individuals who didn't want to return is one way to address the varied responses that they might have. He says, quote, one of the tenets when it comes to trauma responses, where is my sense of control, unquote. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, she says, Dr. Angel Brutus is a female. If there is an opportunity to cultivate a sense of control that in itself has implications for the ability to decrease angst, she says. So if there is an opportunity to cultivate a sense of control that in itself has implications for the ability to decrease angst. Again, guys, I know we're growing up in a society. Our society is becoming more and more about this, this mental health stuff. And I'm the biggest mental health advocate out there. But when you use it as an excuse and as a crutch to never continue on doing what you're what you've chosen to do in the performance of your duties there is a line there is a line that gets crossed and this is this is a blurred line next paragraph the nfl players association uh tweeted quote all players please reach out if you need someone to talk to there are several resources available to you unquote 
And then they gave a link to counseling options on the NFLPA website. In a memo sent to Teams Tuesday, Commissioner Roger Goodell said that each club had received information from Dr. Nayaka uh, Nilapanti, Nilamti, the league's vice president of wellness and clinical services, about mental health and support resources available to players and staff. So the Players Association and the NFL have teamed up to let people know, hey, if there's someone you need to talk to, reach out. We're here to help you, and we're giving you resources um, to help out. And again, that's great. That That is exactly the type of protocol you would expect from an employer. I'd expect it from my employer. God forbid there was a horrific event that occurred. I'd expect it in the public school systems or in the private school systems whenever there's a horrific, tragic event. I expect it from law firms, I expect it from medical, hospitals, universities, uh, accounting firms, financial investment firms. I expect it from everybody. You have a duty as an employer to make sure that when there are times of distress, there are resources there for people to lean on. So this is the one part of the article that I actually think is highlights some nice things that the NFL and NFLPA are doing to make sure that they're just being mindful of all the players, not just the, the two teams that were there to witness it in person. Uh, finally, the article concludes, um, for whatever it's worth, one recent study from 2019 in the British Journal of Sports Medicine found that elite athletes may suffer from higher rates of trauma-related mental disorders, such as post-traumatic stress disorder, than the general population. Let me say that again in layman's terms. This study says that elite athletes may suffer from higher rates of trauma-related mental disorders than the general population does. I don't know what that means. I don't know how they concluded that. And um, uh, that's a very broad and blanket statement, but that's how the article essentially ends. And the article has a tonality throughout of, hey, should we even have the season go on? Are these players able to continue on playing? If they're not able to continue on, what's the recourse? Do we set them out? Do we offer them? Uh, do we console them? Do we cancel act, uh, the, the, the rest of the players? Uh, this, is, this is what you've signed up for. DeMar Hamlin, just as much as any of the other 2,000 guys that are in the NFL, understood the risks that they have put themselves in any time they lace up. I mean, you're colliding head-on with, with other human beings at super high rates of speed. And these guys are physical specimens. So, of course, there are going to be injuries. There always have. There always will. Have we ever seen something like this in the last several decades where a player potentially is on the verge of losing his life on the field? I don't believe so. Not, not in the NFL. But just as much as you have a, a duty, no matter what your career and what your profession is, you have a duty to perform, and you have a duty to perform at a high level. And if you're a doctor, for example, and you say that you're having a post-traumatic stress disorder because of uh, you lost a patient on the table last month, and now every time you go into the operating room, your hands shake, and your heart's beating, and you're sweating, and you're unable to perform your duties properly on the next patient who needs you to be at the top of your game. Guess what? You got to either figure it out and get it fixed, 
or you have to hang them up and move on and do something else. It's that simple. And that exact same analogy goes across the board to every working man and woman in this country. Regardless of what you do, you are just as important. Your mental health is just as important. And your duty to perform is just as important as any professional athlete's mental health and duty to perform is important. I continue to pray for DeMar Hamlin and his family, uh, the Buffalo Bills team, and all the teams throughout the league. This is a, a tremendously sad moment, a very scary moment, and one that may cause a few people to say, you know what? My life is more important than this. I am going to hang them up. And God bless you if you do. I will applaud you and I will stand behind you and I assume millions of other people will do the same. It is also time to move on. The game must go on. The NFL teams must get back to business. And we hope for some very positive, encouraging news from DeMar Hamlin's camp in the coming days and weeks. We will continue to keep him in our thoughts and prayers.